0: in and welcome back to the Running Hoops podcast. This is our season preview series. The podcast as always is brought to you by Super Chicks, the home of the last true chicken sandwich. Visit their website for their menu and locations at superchicks.com and remember it's chicks with an x.com. The 2022-2023 season is just days away and so it's time to knock out some season previews. On this episode, we will head to the Bay Area to take a look at Cal and Stanford. So here's how this is going to work. For each team, I'll give you some basic info about last season, departing production, returning production, stuff like that. I'm going to give you three names you know and three names you should know We'll take a look at some key questions or storylines for each team heading into the upcoming season. I'll give you a breakout player, and then we'll look at where they have been picked in various projections this preseason. But I want to remind you that you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Running Hoops. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those things really do help. But let's get into it. Let's talk about the Cal Golden Bears, right? So last year, they finished 10th in the league with a record of 12 and 20 and 5 and 15 in the Pac-12, just a hair better than the running Utes. They did not have a postseason. They are coached by Mark Fox, who's been there now for three seasons. He's got a record of 34 and 57 and 15 and 43 in the Pac-12. The Bears lost 60% of their point production from a year ago, and they return 40% of their point production from last season. This preseason, they are the number 146 team in Ken Palm, and Bracketology currently has them out. Now, here are three names that you know. Jalen Celestine. he's Cal's leading scorer that is returning from last year, but the problem is... He suffered a knee injury in the offseason, and it's unclear when he will return. Lars Tiemann. In terms of points per games and rebounds per games, he was under five in both categories, but he's 7-1, and he's a guy that Cal is going to really need to elevate his game this year if they want to take the next step and get out of the cellar of the Pac-12. Kwani Kwani, the man with two names. He's an athletic forward who, like Tiemann, really needs to step up his game this year to help Elevate the Bears. Uh, So here are three names you should know. Devin Askew. He's a junior guard and a former five-star prospect who is transferring in from Texas. He only averaged about 15 minutes per game, scoring just two points per game last year, but they're really going to rely on him to take charge of that backcourt. Cal lost its top three scores from a year ago, so if they're going to make any kind of leap, it starts with Devin Askew. DeJuan Clayton. Another transfer in from Coppin State and Hartford. He sat out all last season with a shoulder injury, but the year prior, he averaged 15 points, 5 assists, and and 3.5 rebounds at Hartford. He and Devin Askew are probably going to be the Bears' starting backcourt, and so there's a big-time opportunity for both of those players to come in and have an immediate impact in Berkeley. And then finally, Sam Alajaki. The sophomore forward who started to show flashes towards the end of last year, he projects as a starter in the front court and is a guy that the Bears believe could take a big step this season. Their schedule and key games November 11th, they play Kansas State in Berkeley. Then they head to their MTE on November 25th and 26th, the Emerald Coast Classic, where they will take on TCU, so a little double scout opportunity for the Utes and then Clemson or Iowa. Then on December 10th, they host Butler, and on December 18th, they are at Santa Clara. So the Bears play two true road games this season, which is impressive. Plus, they landed home-and-homes with Kansas State and Butler, and as we just mentioned, the home sides of those are both this season and both in Berkeley. They play Utah on December 29th, and return to Salt Lake City on February 5th. The thing I really like about this Cal schedule is, I don't think we have any idea how good or bad Cal is going to be, but there are some opportunities for Cal in the non-conference to get a couple of road wins or a couple of wins against Power 5 teams that really could help the depth perception, not the depth perception, but the depth perception of the Pac-12 this upcoming season. So, What are the key questions and storylines for Cal as they head into the season? Well, first off, how's the basement looking? Can the Bears actually get out of the basement of the Pac-12? I think this is going to be a big question. They were picked 11th in the preseason. They finished 10th last year. So can they get out of that bottom third of the league? What's Mark Fox's seat warmth look like? We've talked about several other coaches, but... There were reports this offseason that they were looking to extend Mark Fox. So I really would be interested to know what the pressure situation is for him there in Berkeley. He's in his fourth year. He inherited a mess. He's landed some good transfers and good recruits, but he hasn't finished better than 10th in the Pac-12 in his first three seasons. And then finally, can he get anything out of the freshman He signed two three-star guys in Grant Newell and Andy Okafor. And it's really a top-heavy team in terms of seniors. But I think he's going to need to have some of these young guys step in and stabilize the depth of this team because that's going to show Admin and other people that he's got this thing trending in the right direction. And if he can't do that, I think his seat definitely gets a little bit warmer. Breakout candidate for this season? Devin Askew. He's going to have a lot put on his shoulders in the same way that Jordan Shepard did a year ago, transferring in from Charlotte. But he comes in from Texas, a big time Power Five program, a good team. And I think because of that and his former five star status, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But he's a very obvious choice to me as the breakout candidate this year. Now, where were they picked? It was a clean sweep in all of the publications except for the Running Hoops podcast. The Pac-12 Media picked them 11. CBS Sports picked them 11. ESPN's Roundtable picked them 11. And so did the Almanac also picked them 11. The Running Hoops podcast, I picked them 10th. And so I've got them right around where they've been. I probably should have picked them 11th and put ASU at 10 so that it wasn't such a bold prediction. But oh well. What are you going to do? So that is a look at the Cal Bears. We'll talk Stanford right after these words from one of our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Are you so excited for the college basketball season that you can't sleep? Well, I might have a solution for you. Pillow Fight. Pillow Fight helps you invest in your rest. Their premium pillows and bedding products will change your life without emptying your wallet. Go to pillow-fight.com to check them out and enter the promo code Hoops at checkout for 20%. That's right, 20% off your first purchase. Again, that website, pillow-fight.com, that promo code Hoops. All right, we march on in our season previews here, and we go to a team that I think is one of the more intriguing teams heading into the upcoming season, and that is the Stanford Cardinal. Last year, they finished ninth in the league with a record of 16 and 16 and 8 and 12 in Pac 12 play. They had no postseason. They upset Arizona State in the first round of the Pac 12 tournament and they pushed Arizona, but ultimately fell and had no postseason. They are coached by Jared Haas, who has been there six years and has a record of 98 and 89, but 52 and 60 in the Pac 12. They have only lost 22% of their point production from last season, which means they've got 78% of their point production back for this year. Their preseason Ken Palm ranking is 58. And in bracketology, they are currently the first four among the first four out. They've gone from last four in to first four out or next four out all off season, kind of depending on the moves and the moves of other teams around them. Now, here are three names you know. Spencer Jones. Jones has now reached the point in his Stanford career where it seems like he's been around forever. He was the team's leading scorer a year ago at 12 points per game, and he is back and provides a lot of leadership and experience on that team. Harrison Ingram. Ingram was a likely second-round pick in the NBA draft, so he pulled his name out and returned to Stanford for a second season, presumably to improve that draft stock. He was the freshman of the year in the Pac-12 last year and averaged 10.5 points per game and 6.7 rebounds per game. Now, if Stanford is to break its NCAA tournament drought, Ingram is going to have to be a big part of that. And then finally, Michael O'Connell... A junior guard, O'Connell averaged seven and a half points per game and nearly four assists per game as well. He started all but one game for the Cardinal and was kind of a steadying hand as the point guard in the backcourt for Stanford. Here are three names you should know. Michael Jones, a graduate transfer from Davidson. He played over a thousand minutes. Last year, for the Wildcats, averaging nearly 12 points per game, Stanford doesn't take transfers typically, but as a grad transfer, I think the rules are just a little bit different. Nevertheless, Jones is a very intriguing prospect for Stanford and somebody that could really help them this upcoming season. Isa Silva, sophomore guard, played about 14 minutes a game a year ago, but he is a player on the rise. This is somebody that Utah actually recruited once upon a time. A lot of folks have kind of raved about the steps that he's made. He's one of their sophomores, and he's a guy that I think folks are going to want to keep an eye on. And then Maxime Reynaud, another sophomore, a very talented big man. The true seven-footer has some range, and he's potentially more talented than James Keith in the front court there for Stanford. And I think that Stanford really expects their sophomores like Raynand, Silva, and Harrison Ingram, to take big steps, make big strides this upcoming season, and hopefully lead them to the NCAA tournament, or I should say back to the NCAA tournament. As far as Stanford's schedule goes, they have loaded this thing up with opportunities. They play on November 11th, second game of the season, in Milwaukee, on the Milwaukee Brewers baseball field against the Wisconsin Badgers. So an early opportunity on a neutral site right out the gate against a good Big Ten team. Then on November 15th, they host San Diego State before heading to their MTE, their multi-team event, which is the ESPN Events Invitational, where they will open with Ole Miss, then they get Florida State or Siena, and then one of Memphis, Nebraska, Seton Hall, or Oklahoma. On December 18th, in the Pac-12 Coast-to-Coast Challenge, or as part of the Pac-12 Coast-to-Coast Challenge, they will take on Timmy Allen and the Texas Longhorns in Dallas. And then on December 22nd, they play Loyola Chicago in Santa Cruz. And you might remember that Santa Cruz was kind of their home away from home during COVID, and so they're going back there to play another game. They'll take on Loyola Chicago. They host Utah on New Year's Eve, December 31st, and then they're at Utah on February 2nd. So what are the key questions and storylines for Stanford heading into this year? Well, is this the year? They seemingly have the team and the schedule. Is this the year that Stanford elevates itself to be an NCAA tournament Team. We asked this question with a couple other coaches, but how hot is Jared Hass's seat? We know that Stanford takes a little bit longer to get rid of coaches than most situations. We've seen that in football, but Haas has now been there for six years and has no NCAA tournament appearances. If they miss this year, it'll be a seventh season without an NCAA tournament appearance. You might remember Stanford was one of the final four teams when Utah went to the final four. I know that was many moons ago, but still, this is a basketball program with some tradition and with some expectations, and right now, Jared Hass has not lived up to those expectations. Another question, did Harrison Ingram make the right decision? I would imagine a big season from Harrison Ingram would move him into the first round of the NBA draft, but can he do it? We saw Marco Anthony shut him down last year. He did win the freshman of the year. He won a bunch of freshman of the year or freshman of the week awards. But again, he's going to have to be one of these focal points for them. And then finally, will the complimentary pieces be enough? They've had some very talented and explosive players in recent memory like Jaden Delaire, Oscar da De Silva among others. None of these guys jump off the page at you, but will it be enough? to finish in the top half of the league, or better. Remember, Stanford swept USC last year. So there is some talent in that building, but can they put it all together? So who is a breakout candidate for Stanford, somebody who averaged less than 10 last season? I'm going to go with Issa Silva. I don't know if he'll get the points, but if he can up his assist numbers, I think that will tell you a lot about how well this team is performing offensively, and... He just seems like a guy that a lot of folks are talking about around Stanford. Where were they picked this preseason? The Pac-12 media picked them fifth, gave, and they gave them one first-place vote. Somebody gave them a first-place vote. CBS Sports picked them five. The ESPN Roundtable had them three to five. The Almanac picked them five, and I picked them four. I do believe that this is the year that Stanford elevates itself to the top four in the league. They get that first round bye in the Pac-12 tournament and they get back to the NCAA tournament because if they don't, I think changes will be afoot up on the farm. So that is a look at the Bay Area schools, Stanford and Cal. I want to thank you as always for listening. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Running Hoops. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. But until next time, I'm Andrew Crowley. This is the Running Hoops Podcast. And as always, go Utes.